At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Great podcast for you uh, today. We took a lot of phone calls, had some really interesting uh, questions about COVID, some different looks. Stu and I kind of debated for a while. Why is it we feel on the right that we're losing when, in fact, the data is starting to show we're winning? We're winning. Uh, We just have to stay the course. And some exciting news about Kamala Harris. Don't know if you've heard. She hasn't been able to get down to the border um, because she's been redecorating her office. And it sounds lovely. Well, you try to, you know, uh, scrape together some uh, money so you can buy some milk on your way home tonight. Let me, in the podcast, tell you all about the lovely paintings on her walls. Mm. And don't... By the way, if you want a a lovely uh, painting for your wall, uh, let me recommend glenbeckart.com. Oh my gosh. Dude, I don't know if Kamala's is... got one of those. No. But uh, if you go to glenbeckart.com, you can uh, you can get a print uh, of one of Glenn's uh, paintings. You're not going to have to spend the cash for the real ones, which are he's, it's almost Hunter Biden levels, honestly, at that point. Yeah, but Except, none of the money comes from China. No. And you can actually paint. And you don't uh, meet my dad, which yeah. would be spooky at this point. But. <laughs> you can check that out, glenbeckart.com. Uh, and I will say, my... Uh, my gift to the art world um, you know Elon Musk was uh, was named person of the year by Time magazine uh, yesterday you can get the uh, Afghanistan the uh, Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan's person of the year Taliban Joe Biden the t-shirt wow, the mug uh, I think you're gonna love great. it that's great that's great you can get that at talibanjoemerch.com promo code glen20 will save you 20% The best of the Glenn Beck program. It's a one night in Bangkok weekend. All weekend long. It's one night in All right, all right. Uh, let's uh, let's get back to the phones. Uh, we uh, we had Matthew on from Delaware just a few minutes ago, and your question again. Can you restate it, Matthew? Yes, pretty much. Just how do we go forward in trying to talk to people and have conversations about all these things that we're dealing with when they are genuinely misinformed about what the situation is, um, specifically regarding COVID and how the the actual truth about all of this stuff is so hard to get a hold of and it's constantly being changed and kind of all the odds are stacked against us, you know? So Matthew, let me, uh, let me go through a couple of things. Um, first of all, you, you have to, when you have an, um, a discussion with somebody, not an argument, a discussion with Mm -hmm. somebody, correct. you need to start with, 
is are you set in your ways to where if I provide information that is factual uh, that you will reconsider or possibly change your mind? Because if you do that with me and you have things that I don't know, uh, I'll check into them. But if they turn into if they are facts, then I would be. I would be a horrible citizen and really kind of a bad person if I didn't change my mind. So you need to preface yeah. it, right? You need to preface it with, uh, with that. Then you also need to say, um, because some of these things, most of our problems, uh, you know, for instance, with coronavirus, my problem is uh, not just, you know, does the does the vaccine work or is it a therapeutic, et cetera, et cetera. Mine is uh, based on the, the bill of rights. Our biggest problem should be that you're being forced to take it. If you're not forced yeah, to take it, then you take it if you want to. Um, and that's bill of rights. So I, I have started all of my discussions with people that I don't know. Do you believe in the bill of rights as written? If they say no, then you can move on. Now, <clears throat> here's the problem. You are exactly right when it comes to uh, the facts being deleted, the facts changing. Um, but we are living now in a world that is, uh, if you are uninformed, it is self-imposed. <clears throat> and here's what I mean by that. Back in the 1930s, we didn't know if the Germans were really rounding people up. Even the Germans didn't know for sure, but they were um, on the edge of self-imposed ignorance. It only took somebody asking a few questions. You know, it could get you killed, but asking a few questions here in the West, generally speaking, we didn't know the difference between conspiracy fact and conspiracy theory. We didn't know if they were really rounding them up. We had heard rumors of that. As they turned out, they were true. But until we had evidence of that, it was a conspiracy theory. We are now living in a world where we know and have access to the truth. If you really, what is the difference between us? Remember, it is our president, President Trump, that was the one behind this vaccine. He took credit for it. He deserves credit for it in some ways. Um, and it was, it was his. They were the ones that were skeptical. Why did that suddenly flip? I can tell you when I became against the vaccine, um, and I'm not really against it, uh, but when I became very skeptical of it, and that is when they started acting so bizarrely uh, against all reason and when they started forcing people to take it. When did the other side flip? When did the other side say, I'm not going to take this vaccine if it comes from Donald Trump? And then all of a sudden, because it was administered by Joe Biden, they're not willing to question any of it. So it's all politics. Now, here's where it really gets. Uh, I think you re we really get into trouble. I don't know if you saw the uh, story that came out last week, but that lawsuit filed by John Stossel. You've been following this, too. Yeah. The lawsuit filed by John Stossel 
um, says he was defamed by fact check. Now, fact check is part of something from Facebook. And they they labeled a video that he made as misleading. Facebook or Meta's attorneys say that Facebook's fact check. You ready? Is an opinion, not an actual check of the facts and declaration of the facts. And under the libel law, opinions are protected from liability for libel. Okay, so here's what here's what they actually filed. This is the quote from Facebook's complaint. The label themselves are neither false nor defamatory. To the contrary, they constitute protected opinion. Beyond the threshold of Section 230 problem, the complainant also fails to state claim for defamation. For one, Stoffel fails to plead the facts for establishing that Meta acted with actual malice, which as a public figure he must. For another, Stossel claims... Uh, focus on the fact check articles written by climate feedback, not the labels affixed through the Flay Facebook platform. The labels themselves are neither false nor defamatory. To the contrary, they constitute, and I'm quoting, protected opinion. This is something that you need to share with your friends. You need to have this almost printed up in a little card that you keep with with you. This is Facebook's defense on uh, uh, against the defamation claim of John Stossel. John Stossel, John Stossel says this is not misleading. These are the facts. So fact check came out and said, no, that's misleading. John knows the facts. No, it's not misleading. These are the facts. And he went to court to challenge them on the facts. And what did Facebook do so they wouldn't lose a lot of money? They said those are protected opinions, not actual facts that Facebook was providing. So it's amazing what lawsuits reveal. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So how can protected opinion Trump and be the final word on facts. I know what I can and can't say, you know, in the Facebook rules. I know. However, fact check that are merely opinions hurt my credibility, my name, my distribution. I'm made into a conspiracy theorist or somebody who is sloppy on the facts. I know when it comes to the coronavirus. We will admit anything that we get wrong, but we work really hard to get it right. We don't go off half cocked. When we know we're posting something, when I know I'm saying something outside of an opinion, I want to make sure that we have facts and I use facts to back up my opinion. But my opinion is just that an opinion not a fact the fact that i said the opinion now that's a fact <laughs> but i mean it's it's an opinion and you when when opinions trump facts civilizations cannot stand when the germans denied the gas chambers and said they were it's all conspiracy theories 
Well, it could have been a conspiracy theory because it was only backed up by whispers, questions, and theories. But when we had photographs, documents, and eyewitnesses, only fools or knaves would deny those things. And we call those people Holocaust deniers because they are denying the fact of the Holocaust. Now, the problem here is with the left, this is all by design. Cass Sunstein, who was working for the president, President Obama, advocated and still advocates uh, calling everyone who disagrees with, let's say, uh, critical race theory. They claim that that's a conspiracy theory. Critical race theory, it's not being taught in schools. How many times have you heard that? It's not being taught in schools. That's a conspiracy theory. That's Cass Sunstein. That is the recommendation by Cass Sunstein to the administration and to the left to label people conspiracy theories, quote, even if the claim or the charge ends up being true. We know you can't call milk or meat organic without standards. Why? Because if it's just an opinion, no, this is my opinion, it's organic. That label means nothing. Nothing. We cannot call a vaccine a therapeutic. And you can't call a therapeutic a vaccine, until recently, without a very good reason. That one really makes no sense. I mean, who cares what you call it? Honestly, like the whole complaint they have are people that are against vaccines. Probably calling it a therapeutic would benefit everybody. Sure would. If they really want people to take it. So how can Facebook claim they're checking facts when they are when their facts are merely opinion? The damage is can't be uh, undone. And this is why your friends won't believe you. It's a well-orchestrated plan, all documented. Read Cass Sunstein. Just look him up. Read Cass Sunstein. (laughs) This was well-orchestrated. Read Rules for Radicals. It says the same thing. And your friends, if they won't go in and look at the other side, and I say the same thing about you, if you are presented with facts, that you can go and check and you're not willing to change your mind if they prove to be true, well, then you've joined a religion. And that is the problem. Wokeism is a religion. The Democrats have given over the party to religious zealots. They are revolutionaries and they ask for faith not facts. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Let me go to Susan in Ohio. Hello, Susan. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Hello. Hey, um, I just would, while I'm concerned about the inflation and the effect that the impact it has on me this year, I'm really concerned about the effects of inflation on the middle-class families as it begins to take away all their assets, all yes. the generational growth. And I think we don't talk enough about that. I know we're, we want things immediate, but I would like, I, 
just please talk a little bit more about the loss of family farms and businesses and what happens well, from I one think, generation to the next. Right. I think that we uh, that those are not solely tied to inflation. Um, inflation uh, will you, you, your nest egg will go away because if your salary doesn't go up with inflation, then uh, you're going to have to start dipping into your savings. So your savings goes away. Um, if we start working in a world where, as the president keeps saying, well, you've got to pay your people more. If you do that in a high inflation period, which we are in now, um, if you do that, you start the inf- inflation spiral. Wages go up and thus prices continue to go up. And so you're constantly battling. That's why when you ordered food in a restaurant of, uh, in Germany, you paid for it. Uh, when you ordered, I would like a cup of coffee, please. It's a quarter. Great. Here's the quarter because 15 minutes later, 30 minutes later, when it got so bad, it might be 35 cents for that cup of coffee. So you paid when you ordered, um, that's the inflation spiral and that's going to happen. But when it comes to losing your family farm, that's more than just inflation, You're going to lose farms because people can't afford it. But there are things that are going on in the United States right now and and the government um, that are going to take those family farms. They are going to start limiting those those farms. They're going to start regulating those farms. They're going to tax them to death. Remember, the goal of the Great Reset is by 2030, you will own nothing. Well, how do you get a society that is built on ownership, private ownership? How do you get that society to not own anything? You bankrupt it. That's what you do. You bankrupt it. Hmm. Thanks for your phone call, Susan. Um, so what do you, where do you see the economy going here? Uh, for example, one of the things that I don't think a lot of people are talking about is since COVID started, the Trump administration basically uh, turned off the requirement to pay your student loans mm-hmm. you know and they said okay you know for we're in the middle of a pandemic you don't have to pay your student loans right now turn the interest rates down to zero let's ride this out and so that's been extended multiple times by first the trump administration and then into the biden administration biden is now saying that uh, come next year it's over right start i think it's january you're now going to have to start making those payments a lot uh, again and you think about all the money that people owe that have ha- and they've had this this ramp of not paying it. Now these payments turn back on in the middle of a, a, a very uh, disconcerting economic time. So that turns on. Inflation is there. Uh, all of this backlog with the supply chain all working together at the same time. What does that look like? Uh, a mess. It's why you're not hearing anybody saying, oh, well, this year's been bad, but next year will be better. (laughs) There's no way. I can't wait for 2022. Yeah, you're not hearing that. And I think that's because people know. You've got got something else that you have to pile on here. People are going to be watching what the Fed decides to do uh, this week because the Fed has to raise interest rates and they also have to taper. And what they've been doing, and we've been telling you this since 2008, what they've been doing is they've been buying our our federal debt 
Okay, instead of selling it to countries, no country will buy it. So the Fed has been buying that debt, which just adds to their balance sheet. Then they've been printing money uh, as well, and they've been shipping that money uh, to the banks. And the banks have been using it uh, to buy stocks and everything else so they can they can put their balance sheet in order. You have had these bailouts going out, going on really since 2008, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Um, They're tapering all of that now, which means they're turning that tap of cash off that's really flowing into the market. So they have to turn that off. When they turn that off, that's going to cause problems with the bank. It's going to cause problems in the stock market. It's going to cause all kinds of problems because the money flow from the Fed, not the federal government, from the Fed is tapering off. Then they're going to also raise interest rates, which they have to do. The way you fight inflation is to raise interest rates. But no one on earth has ever tried to suck this much money back into the system, get it back to the to the Federal Reserve and the Treasury so it can be destroyed. No one in the history of the world has ever tried that. In 1980, uh, Paul Volcker got our interest rates up to, I think, 15 or I believe the highest was 19. It might have been 15, but I believe it was 19 percent. 19%. We are now at about 3%. You want a mortgage? 3%. You need a loan for your small business? 3%. 5%. If you're in real, you know, bad way. 19%? That was in 1980. What is it going to take to get those interest uh, to get this inflation down after dumping 11 trillion dollars out into the world we have to suck that all back the problem is when you suck all of that stuff back it makes money scarce that will make inflation go down okay and you worry about a deflationary period where people can't afford anything so the prices cave this is an incredible balance that i'm not sure they can do And we're doing it at the worst possible time because we've made things so bad that if you don't have people who are willing to work, you're going to have inflation. If you then add extra salary to people to get them to work, that adds inflation. Mm Then if you take the money from the corporations through loans to build new jobs and to expand, jobs start to become more and more scarce. And you're just in this cycle that just spins into the drain. I think we're in for real, real trouble um, over the, the next year to I think it could be until a Republican gets back into into power. Um and we have a, a sane Senate and House. And I'm not saying that's a Republican one. It's just more sane than the Democrats. But until we start doing the right thing consistently and are willing to accept the pain that is coming from all of these horrible decisions, it's just going to keep getting worse. 
This kind of goes back to what the earlier caller was saying. You know, you mentioned the Reagan situation, and there's no better way to emphasize, I suppose, that conservative policies are better than by implementing liberal ones, right? When they get in to office and they do the things that they want to do, people tend to wake up and say, wow, we really don't want that. We, we brought this That's up with, we're winning. with defund the police earlier, right? Yeah. Minneapolis is like, ah, we'll defund the police. Holy crap. Let's, let's rethink that a little bit. And it happens pretty quickly. But we but, were, but we at the time were arguing theories Right. And okay. but now we have evidence. Now we have evidence. Mm -hmm. And that's what's waking people up. But we, this is something that has been bothering me for a while, though. In all these conversations, including this previous caller, who basically said, if you missed it, he said, you know, we need some chaos. And he explained a little nuanced explanation yeah, yeah. of that. But basically, we we need to let these things happen. We need to try these sort of things. We need to fight. We need to do all these things that maybe aren't consistent with our principles per se but we need to win right now because we're always losing and that is like a, an undercurrent of of almost every conservative it seems that we all we're always losing these things are always rolling over us and we never do anything and therefore we have to change everything that we're doing and and try these new tactics and you know go a little try, get get a little wild like let's try some stuff and i don't know that's so per, per, pervasive on the right right now but when you look at what's actually happening these like for example the vaccine mandates are not happening because we're we're out in the streets um causing uh, chaos. causing chaos they're they're being overturned because the courts are overturning them because they're unconstitutional mm -hmm. right and that's largely because of a long-term conservative legal project that has resulted in a lot of good judges that actually know what the constitution says um we can thank a lot of this we can put the thanks on Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, and Donald Trump. Yeah, and and I you know it goes back further than that as well. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like but it's but it's but it's been a that's a success story, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the possibility of Roe versus Wade being overturned, and again, I'm not counting those. And this is a weird way to talk about eggs and hatching because of the top yeah, subject yeah, matter. Yeah. I'm not counting that as a as a win, but the fact that it's even possible is because of of Correct. a long term project. So why is why why do conservatives feel this pervasive sense of losing when it does seem like we're winning because i think conservatives um well i think everybody generally is uh let me give you this example um remember i said yesterday we don't buy when it's cheap we buy at the top, okay? <laughs> buy high, sell low. Yeah, when housing market goes crazy, you're like, I gotta get, I gotta get a house. I gotta get a house. Oh, so, well. I mean, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're, you're, and you're buying it way too late. You're always behind the curve, okay? You buy low, you sell high. Uh, we do the opposite. The same thing is true. Um, you know, things are lagging indicators. We are a lagging indicator. There are other indications that show we're winning, but we don't feel it yet. We, I, I think we are, we have been looking at the mainstream media as a barometer for a very long time. That hasn't changed. That's a really bad barometer. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they're not changing at all. So we look at that and we see, you know, uh, all of the shows on TV and everything else were like, hey, we're surrounded by this. And we're not looking at what are the ratings? 
What's the health of these companies? How many people are watching them? How many people believe them anymore? Their credibility is in the toilet. I think it's if it's not single digits, it's almost single digits mm. with their credibility now. So they they don't have any credibility left. When you look at his all of these policies that we've been arguing about in theory, you can't reimagine the police. We now have the evidence and those policies are now being reversed. You can't just spend money like crazy. Well, that's now being shown true because of the economy. You can't teach this to our kids. Well, we're not teaching it. We don't believe you. And the media cannot convince us that you're telling us the truth because we know the truth. We're seeing it. We are winning on multiple fronts right now. And this is a new feeling that I had. I was really, really worried about losing and thought there no way out, no way out. <laughs> there is. There is. And it's already happening. It's the American people standing up who are awake and others waking up because they're starting to feel real pain. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Uh, Stu, we were talking last hour about this, uh, this feeling that we are, are losing somehow. Yeah, you get this a lot from conservatives right now who just obviously we're in a tough time and a lot of things have gone wrong over the past couple of years. And there, there's a sort of pervasive sense of constant losing. You know, I, the, the example I hear all the time is this example of like, you know, we can't just sit here and like let people have trans, uh, you know, uh, trans, what was it? Uh, the story time, you know, no, trans, drag queen story time. Yeah, drag queen story time. Um, and, and like, yeah, of course, I would agree. It's not a, not a good thing for our society. Uh, although, you know, I, I will say it's not a recognizable part of my life. Uh, you know, I, I now I live in Texas where there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of pushback. Maybe if you're living in, you know, downtown Portland, the libraries are quite different. Uh, but it does seem that there's this sense of we're constantly in this state of losing where like, you know, it, we're only I mean, in 2021, Donald Trump was president that 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 was still going on in this year. Right. Uh, obviously we're seeing the results of, of some of the, the judges. And I think the legal system has held up pretty well when it comes to all of the crazy challenges that the left has brought to it, uh, in the later parts of this year, uh, that's been, I think a positive, um, and what's happening. I think now you see everywhere from Afghanistan to inflation is people are seeing the results of what happens when you go the other way. And that is likely to lead to positive things pretty soon down the road now we've also talked about how far ahead many times progressives are with things like esg and and it makes you really doubt what the future can hold but we also should recognize that a lot of these things that we've tried to do over the years have worked pretty well and we've pushed back and won a lot of these battles too it's not a constant state of losing the left isn't you know it's it's this is not it's not Samson. In a way, it is Samson. But you know what I mean. It's not this unbelievable, uh, impossible victory for conservatives. We 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 succeed more than I think we give ourselves credit for. Well, we we have, especially recently, 
I mean, uh, you know, there is um, Donald Trump succeeded. He succeeded probably better than any other president uh, in my lifetime in getting real, some real changes made. For instance, the Middle East is the biggest, the biggest thing. And he demonstrated a couple of things. One, you can support Israel and not have the world come against you. You can move the embassy there, but you can also get the people in the Middle East to start siding with Israel and against Hamas, Hezbollah and terror. And he had a historic peace deal. Now it's falling apart. You don't have to negotiate with terrorists. You don't have to give them money uh, to get them to uh, comply with you far as Iran. Um you you can end wars. You don't need to have these endless ongoing wars. What you need to do is go in and hammer the bat snout out of them and then move on. And that's how he killed the caliphate. You have um, you have people now in uh, in the conservative movement that are looking at possible war with China, possible war with um with Russia, and you have people who have always been very, very America first and let's go get them that are saying, I don't want war. I don't want war. Let's let's mind our own business here. Let's take care of America. And thus, if we set a good example, we will change the world. That's new. We're not so hawkish as we were. Some of these things are um, are game changing for the republicans here's here's something else we don't trust the republicans before we had you know these these rhinos that were running michael Steele that were running the republican party now i think you have voters republican voters that if they had another uh, option somebody that they believed would actually go buck their own party if need be to stop playing the same game they'd vote for him and they'd want him in they want to get rid of these clowns in office and it's more mature than it was with the tea party we know how the game is played now and we don't trust that you're just going to be elected and then you're going to go and do it we watch you now the other thing is is we have been playing uh, the game, and I, I see this one firsthand. I've been telling you that there are Marxists in our government and, and, and in the Democratic Party for the last 20 years. And it has been laughed, mocked, and ridiculed. I've been called a conspiracy theorist. I've been called a, uh, a racist for saying that the president was a Marxist. Uh, I've been called all kinds of names. You notice nobody's denying now that Marxists are involved in our government, that Marxists are trying to overthrow the United States, that uh, this this revolution is truly a revolution. Notice not a lot of people now in the middle are denying that it seems as though the Democratic Party has been taken over by radicals and revolutionaries. 
That was unheard of. That's a huge, huge change. Again, have you noticed that the press isn't listened to? Have you noticed that Jimmy Kimmel or uh, who was it this week? Uh, uh, Fallon gets uh, the president on and he's talking about the economy and nobody is buying into this economy lie Mm -hmm. and nobody's watching Fallon. Nobody's watching Kimmel. Certainly nobody's watching a bunch of dancing syringes. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> oh, that was that was terrible. You don't have the power of <laughs> SNL anymore because it's not funny. It's just not funny. And it's gone through periods of not being funny, but it has now just given into we are a propaganda arm. That's all we're supposed to do is hold up the right people and make fun of the wrong people as the woke crowd decides. America isn't having any of that. that. That's a huge change. You're seeing movies like we talked about earlier. Movies are now starting to become what Christian movies used to be. Christian movies used to be like, okay, I got it. I got it. Stop being so preachy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so they always sucked. This now, that's what's happening to the left. The left is starting to make that Santa Claus thing on HBO. What is that? That claymation by Sarah Silverman and Seth Rogen. It's awful. It's awful. Because they've forgotten that it's entertainment that is much more important than the message. You can't get anybody to listen to the message. And yet, we are now starting to understand entertainment and our message is gaining strength because a we are starting to learn how to tell stories on the right and b the things that we've always talked about that were conspiracy theories or only theories are now being proven to be true i say something now uh and it used to take you know 10 years before you would see it I can tell you now about the Great Reset and tell you that I think we're really, really behind the eight ball. But three months later, they've called it a conspiracy theory and they're discredited because they are actually implementing it. And the banks are now doing these things and you can point to them and people are paying attention to it. We are winning because people are waking up and the sides are flipping. They, they had the conservatives down because they said it's all about Jesus and God and they're forcing you to live like Jesus wants you to live. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's, how they, that's how they destroyed us. Well, they are forcing people into their religion and people are understanding their religion is not based on facts it is a faith-based religion just believe fauci that's different than science believe fauci believe what we say deny what your eyes are showing you deny what your ears are hearing deny what your wallet is saying every time you go to the grocery (laughs) store deny those things and believe us it's not going to last. Now, you can't spin your your way out of milk being triple the cost. Can't. You can't. The media can't. doesn't have that sort of power. But let me ask you this. This sort of sprung from a conversation I had with my wife. 
on this idea that there's just this feeling of despair among the American people at times. You know, part of this obviously is COVID from both sides, you know, people losing loved ones and people having to deal with crazy restrictions and losing their livelihoods and all the things associated with it. And that's part of this era that I don't think you can separate. But, you know, it was after the the Wisconsin parade incident where the guy, where that SUV ran over all those people, Glenn. Mm-hmm. The, or the out of the control out SUV. Of control. We said weird. SUVs were going to kill all the planet. And, and then it here, there it is. But after that happened, my wife, you know, we were going back and forth, I think, on text on it. And she said something like, you know, what is this world coming to? I can't believe what, what is this? And that's a totally rational, like, reaction to a madman running over a bunch of people at a Christmas parade, obviously. But then I, 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 as I started thinking about it myself a little bit, we, that very same weekend, had gone to a Christmas parade slash festival type of thing. Unafraid. And it, unafraid. And it was awesome. We had a great time. Our community was gathered. There were people from, I'm sure, all over the political spectrum there, but everyone was great. And we had a great time and we loved it. And at the same the same weekend, t- probably tens of thousands of communities had similar events that were fantastic, and everybody loved them, and they all left happy, and they you know they had their hot cocoa, and they their kids were you know wide eyed looking at Santa Claus, and all the things that happened all over the country for so many people, and almost all of them were not at this one parade that we all know about that was legitimately tragic and horrible and we need to you know we need to worry about and and stop of course but it doesn't affect uh and you know it probably did not affect your life it was a really terrible thing that happened and it gave the sense to even my wife who and myself who were at really wonderful events that same weekend that the whole society was falling apart and i mean it is, in reality, that's not true, right? I mean, wh- it how is do we, not true. How do we stop that? Uh, we we stop listen, and it's happening. We stop listening to the coasts. Hmm. We stop listening to the coasts. But we don't. We can't not talk about that event. We can't not cover it. It's not the media saying, "Okay, well, don't worry about that." They seem to not want to talk about the the Wisconsin parade, right? Because it, it didn't feed their narrative, which is waking even more people up Mm. the ones who responded the ones who helped the ones who are talking about it were talking about it those generally speaking are the conservatives the conservative movement the ones who are ignoring this clear tragedy and a flaw in their own thinking their own system they brought this upon this community they're not talking about it and by not talking about it the people are noticing especially the people in the town wait a minute how come nobody's talking about us how come nobody's nobody's paying attention yeah how come the news rooms in america just abandoned that story Hmm. people are waking up and noticing that's the most important thing that's what i've been saying for years Wake up, America. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Once you awake this sleeping giant, it's a giant and it wins. So do you, is it important to have those things together? Being awake, noticing what's going on, understanding the world, but also keeping it in perspective. 
I mean, I think that's a difficult thing for people to do when they're barraged by it constantly on social media and everything else. Well, that's why I think it's important for people like us to um, ring the bell of alarm, but also talk about our successes. You know, I, I did not feel this way three months ago. I didn't feel this way three, four months ago. Um, I just didn't think we had it in us. I was giving up on the American people. I'm not there now. I really, truly believe we are well positioned for a win. Na, na, na.